What's up, what's up, people? How's you doing? How are you today? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming back, hanging out. I'm super excited to share today's discussion with you. The 2022 forecast with Sarah Elise, who is like our resident astrologer, more or less. She's amazing. I love her. I get super excited whenever her and I sit down together and I have to like calm myself down. (laughs) But she's just such a wealth of knowledge. My heart connects with her heart. Something special happens when we talk. And I know that everything that we share today is going to be so valuable for you. So can't wait to get to that. Make sure that if astrology is something on your list, if you've been wanting to get a reading, highly recommend Sarah. She's she's just a different type of astrologer and I guarantee you, you're going to walk away mind blown. Um, she's epic, absolutely epic. So before we jump into today's podcast though, I have some really exciting announcements, things to share slash invite you to. So first, this week, this particular podcast is a bit more focused on astrology, which I'll get into in a second. But make sure that you join for next week's 2022 forecast from the Akashic Records. It is a reading I sat down. It's about an hour and 15 minutes long. It is long. (laughs) I sat there and asked them a bunch of questions about like, you know, what we can look forward to, what we should be concerned about, how to make the most of the year, you know, our theme, etc., etc. It is fantastic. It too is going to offer so much value to you and help you prepare for the year ahead. I think from a like a, a depth, a soul level, right? Astrology is really fantastic for helping us understand the energies that are coming our way and and in particular some of the things that we can really like look out for. And the Akashic Records are going to take us that much deeper into our soul path. So make sure to check that out. If you aren't subscribed to the podcast, do so, please. That way you will get the notification when it goes live. And per usual with the readings, the transcription will be available on the website for anyone who maybe has issues hearing and or wants to share it with someone who would prefer not to listen. That way you can still take in that information because it's so powerful. Okay, number two, I'm doing something pretty wild. (laughs) I'm launching a 365-day yoga challenge in 2022. Why am I doing this? Oh my gosh, I don't want to waste... It's not wasting time, but I don't want to spend too much time on this. There is a link in the show notes. You can check out the blog that I wrote to kind of learn more about why, uh, some of the background, the context. Um, But suffice it to say that embodiment is something that I have really been reaching for and wanting to reach into. And although it was a priority for me in 2021, I have a lot of work to do in this area. Like most of us, I have always been someone who exists kind of outside of my body. I, I was taught from a young age that my body wasn't good enough, you know, wasn't shaped enough, wasn't, I've, I've just spent a large majority of my life wanting to get out of my body. And 
And because I'm such a mental person, connecting with my body has been very difficult. And I know that I'm far from alone. In fact, I think the majority of people can resonate on that with me. Um, When I encountered yoga for the first time about six years ago now, it was the first thing in my life that really helped me to start getting into my body. Even though I was like an athlete and a professional dancer and all kinds of things um, in my past, like yoga was the first thing that made me like slow down, feel, connect, all the things. And if you're wondering like why embodiment's so huge, I have to tell you, embodiment is everything right? Without embodiment, we can't be grounded. We can't handle life from a, from a steady, grounded, firm, foundational place. And without embodiment, like we will never be able to step into who we truly are. It's, it's impossible. The body is the greatest tool that we've been given in this lifetime, hands down, period, just across the board. And if we're not embodied, we don't get to tap into that wisdom. And it's not, it, I don't see that um, meaning that you have to be perfectly embodied, like fully embodied in order to tap into that wisdom. Not at all. But the more embodied you are, the more easy it is to tap into that wisdom, to connect with it, to understand what's going on around you, to gain information about you know how to take care of yourself, just a wide, wide array of things. And for me, Walking into 2022, this is like top priority for me, top priority because of who I want to become, because of the type of spiritual guide I want to be in my own life and for my clients, for this podcast, for showing up. We've got, we got a lot, we got a lot coming down the road (laughs) and I want to be the best version of myself I can possibly be. So When I started tapping into what do I want to do in 2022, this is really something that came to the surface. And I'm not going to be doing like, well, I'm not going to get into the details. Check out, check out the blog if you'd like to join me. But not only is this like something that I've been wanting on a personal level, but when I channeled through the reading for 2022 from the Akashic Records, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's time. It is perfect in perfect alignment with this. So if that's something you would like to consider, if this is something you would be interested in, mind you, you can set your own rules for how for how much yoga you need to do every day. You could start with three minutes. You could start with five minutes. I'm doing 15 minutes per day because I also have other fitness goals, but I want it to be realistic as well. And I'll probably increase that as the year goes on. And maybe not, who knows? But bottom line, I'm dedicating myself 15 minutes per day to yoga. So if you want to join me, I'm going to be starting a Telegram group. It'll be private. It's not on social media. Telegram is fantastic. They don't share any of your private information. Nobody can see what we're talking about, you know, but you can come and be supported and do it with me and whomever else decides to show up. Um, I've got some great yoga resources. We'll talk about things, whatever the case may be. It's a journey that you don't have to take alone. I really want to make 2022 the year of embodiment and balance for me. Those are like my two like huge goals. So if you'd like to join me, if this resonates with you, let me know. Hit me up. 
um, send me an email, whatever the case may be. So you can kick off 2022 with me. That being said, if you come to this podcast later and it's past January 1st, not to worry. You can still join us, right? It's it's fine. <laughs> you can join anytime you want to. This is about you, about any personal goal that you want to start. And there's no shame in starting like February 1st and then end February 1st next year. Like whatever you want. It's all good. Okay. Uh, number three, don't forget that you can still save 15% off Akashic Record readings with me until the end of December. And to do that, you'll just want to use the code THANKFUL when you check out for the 60 or 90 minute readings. So I've been doing so many of these readings for folks and it's just been incredible to sit down, to really go one-on-one about relationships, about career changes, about life transformations getting down to the core of what is going on with folks. And you are no different. You know what I mean? If this is something that you are also seeking in your own life, man, doing an Akashic reading before starting the new year for yourself is, that would be such an amazing gift. And you can also purchase these readings uh, for someone else. So I've already made some gift cards for some other folks. Just reach out, contact me, let me know what you want to do, and we'll make it happen, okay? Um, Number four, I am still going to be doing live readings on YouTube. I haven't decided on those details, but just wanted to let you know that's still on the docket, so make sure you follow me on YouTube. That link will be in the show notes. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, So today's episode is very focused on astrology. Last year, it was a bit more focused on the Akashic Records. um, And I definitely talk about the Akashic Records in this uh, episode with Sarah Elise in regards to just kind of sharing, you know, like what I experienced in the records and what aligns with the astrology. But it is really focused on astrology. And if you are not someone who studies astrology, not to worry There's plenty of information here that you're going to really be able to digest easily. You know, what I tell folks is like if you're new to astrology and and when someone says like Mars squaring Saturn or like, you know, that's totally random uh, throwing that out there, like ignore those things. Just think about just listen to what it is that we're talking about, the themes around those specific actions. You don't need to remember, okay, when Mars squares Saturn or Again, totally random example. That component is unimportant unless you are a dedicated astrologer, right? Just listen to what we're saying outside of that. Because 2022 is, it's a lot. It's a whole lot. And I gotta say, it's, 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 uh, it's different than the last two years. And I think in, I mean, it's very different than 2021. And I have a lot of excitement about 2022. Like, I just feel really good about it. That's not to say it's not going to be intense. We are still on a path, on a journey towards figuring out who we want to be, figuring out what we're going to do, figuring out, you know, like here in the U.S., what kind of a country we're going to be. We've got our U.S. Pluto return this year. Um, 
and there's just there's a lot happening so um but just kind of take it in stride and you can also if you want to listen to this cool if you also want to watch sarah and elise and i check that out on youtube we'll be there you can see our faces <laughs> all right all right all right so i'm going to hush now i'm going to open the floor and again thank you so much for being here i hope you enjoys it Blah. enjoy this <laughs> we'll see you on the other side welcome to the soul driven podcast i believe that when we invest in ourselves the world benefits if you are searching for meaning and purpose, if you are unsure about how to combine the spiritual with the everyday, if you are ready to uncover who you truly are, then you've come to the right place. The Soul Driven Podcast is dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for practical guidance, truthful discussions, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, spiritual guide, marketer, and your host. Thank you for being here. All right, folks, what is up? I am here with Miss Sarah Elise, transformational evolutionary astrologer and spiritual life coach. And I've got to say, this is like one of my most anticipated discussions of the year. So I'm so excited to have you back again, Sarah. <laughs> I've had several people reaching out to you. They're like, when is the episode coming out? When is it coming out? I'm like, it's oh my goodness. soon. <laughs> I'll try to, I'll try to live up to the expectation. You know, that's the best part of having you is like, you don't have to do anything. You just have to show up and share. That's it. That's why, you know, you're awesome. So, um, kind of just a, a fun place that I wanted to start was just kind of wrapping up 2021 which I feel like is kind of difficult because it's been such a huge year and in many ways I think it was more difficult than 2021 um, or 2020 I should say but I just kind of wanted to like mm -hmm. maybe tap into your feelings about 2021 and just kind of lay some groundwork you know before we dive into talking about 2022. Okay, that's that's perfect. That's a perfect place to start because 2021 was an entirely new reality. Um, I don't think most people re recognize or realize what we actually did in 2021, but we lifted out of the earth and into the air. So there was a fundamental elemental shift in consciousness and it's impacting everything and everyone. And so because we actually have no ground to stand on, we are in complete chaos. There's so much change and upheaval. There's so much insanity and it's okay. Like that's li like literally we're in a cycle of change and adjustment because we are redefining where our entire society is. Like there's no going back to the way things were before. That's it. 2020 yeah. was the end of, an, of, of a 200 year cycle. We're not going back. We have to go ahead. We have to go forward. And so there's this collective zeitgeist this passion this spirit this soul this force that we're all going to take the reins together and make this happen and so we're learning how to get along in the sandbox right now this is like a big theme of 2021 and a 
it's, it's going to continue. It's not over. We have to figure <laughs> out how to get along in the sandbox. But I think 2021, when there was a lot of mudslinging, it's a lot of anger, and there was a lot of, um, well, there was a lot of um, like lots of fiery indignants and and fighting. Right, everybody had an opinion. Yeah, everybody very divisive. Was mad. Yeah, very divisive. Oh gosh, yeah. the, division, the division in 2021 camps i'm right you're wrong i'm right you're wrong you're wrong i'm right like there was just it was continuous a continuous shouting match right from different camps of opinions and and the thing is like opinions based on what right like the entire world is in it is on upheaval and no one really knows like we're trying to figure it out as we go and and what's what's really come by the end of 2021 what we've all figured out is there's only one place really quote unquote to go and that's to the data and we have to share it openly and be really honest about it because there's really no one's opinion really matters actually it, 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 it is irrelevant what you personally feel and this has been reflected in the nodal shift in the nodal axis right we had a, a south node in sagittarius and a north node in gemini and the reality is like that when you get down to it the only thing that's going to help save our our like help help us figure it out is shutting up and listening to each other first of all being open minded and like really looking at the facts and that means with an unbiased eye and that means all the facts not just some of them curated carefully in order to you know perpetuate a message so it's it's been incredibly complicated right incredibly complicated because you've been having this division and and this and this um kind of this fight and i and i suppose you know the way that it's been really showing itself uh, like in in our community and kind of this new age spiritual community has been like the vaccine issue oh gosh right and i don't want to make this podcast about <laughs> vaccines because I'm staying out of the fight because I have no interest in actually having that argument. I am not interested. I'm only looking at the archetypes and I'm looking at what, what what's what's kind of, you know, what's kind of behind the polarization. Um, and all, all I can see is that the disease is I'm is righteousness and the remedy is listening. OK, the disease is righteousness. The remedy is facts. Well, and, and this is the thing that like most few places we need to be. This is the thing that popped up, you know, for me anyway, in 2020. I mean, first of all, I should back up. What you said about us really shifting into this new time. I mean, it's so fascinating because last year when we talked for the like 2021 forecast and I had gone into the records for my end of the, the take, you know, the records had said like 2020 was the shakeup and 2021 was the beginning. And it's really cool because the December um, reading that I channeled through, like that was the very last line, like this is the beginning. But this whole this whole shakeup of everything that has been happening and this, I don't know, I, I think it's what has come forward in regards to like these two different sides and like you're talking about this divisiveness. It's for me, it like really started with the masks you know, back in 2020, when I realized there was this huge, like, push and pull, you know, it was like, I was finding myself in this, like, arrogant indignance about people who weren't wearing masks. 
and just thinking like, oh my gosh, like who raised them, you know? And then of course I caught myself and it was like, wait a minute, you know, the truth is, is this is kind of how we're raised. This is how we're conditioned. This is what we're taught. This is what we've been taught our entire life, you know? Democrat, Republican, black, white, right, wrong. You know what I mean? When nothing really exists in those extremes, except for maybe momentarily, but when we actually have the discussion, when we actually listen to each other, like you're talking about, it's all about the gray area, that middle space, you know? And I think that part of the reason that 2021 has been so difficult is because it's been that like ripping open of both ends of both of those extremities and people are just so emotional because they don't they don't know where to hang out you know people that they love people that they respect have different viewpoints and they don't know how to freaking handle it you know what i mean and it's just like i mean people have straight up like walked away from lifelong relationships over this stuff instead of being like i call it the middle space um because when I saw this in myself with the masks, there was a really beautiful thing that was happening at the time that really helped me to see. It's like, you know, I can feel this way and you can feel this way, but there's space for both of those things. You know, we can meet in the middle. If you feel one way, that's all right, you know? Um, Because like you're saying, just briefly, like even with, I mean, subjects like vaccines, like. It's just been one after the other. And the truth is, when I listen to a lot of, you know, those arguments, the grounded ones, I'm like, I get it. If I was forced to do something, I wouldn't be about it either, you know? And then I hear my friends who are parents talking about their own side, like, well, my kids are in danger. You know, like, the truth is, is like, we're all human and we we have missed out on that humanity this year. I think because it has been this lift off, like you're saying, from ground to air. And what happens when you're dangling in the air? You're freaking out, right? It's like, where is the ground beneath exactly. me? The the structure fell down in 2020. So the rules fell apart, right? And and we're we're in a we're in an undefined space where we don't know what to hold on to. We really don't have a structure. We don't have a form. We're creating a new form right now for the collective. So all of 2021, Saturn was in Aquarius and it was squaring Uranus and Taurus. So there's this, that's that's the division that we've been feeling. Uranus in Taurus, square Saturn in Aquarius. Um, there have been two already direct hits, I believe. Um, I wrote them all down. This year um, in 2021, I think, right? I think where we had February 18th, it, it squared at seven degrees. June 15th, it squared at 13 degrees. And on December 24th, we'll have the third and final square of 2021 between Uranus and Taurus at 11 degrees. So, um, you're, sorry, between Uranus and Taurus and Saturn in, in Aquarius. So so what this, what this archetypally kind of stands for is that you know, we had we had Saturn conjunct Pluto conjunct Jupiter and Capricorn in 2020, right? And it was destroying old form, like so. It so taking down the old guard, or like you so beautifully said, Republic and Democrat. What are these rules that we have led ourselves by? What are these partisanships, or what are these bureaucracies, or what are these expectations? These defaults that we were all running by, and we all have default because of our conditioning into the society we're born, into the families we're born, 
um, even into our biology, right? All of that conditioning wanted to fall away or at least come to a complete standstill in 2020 so that we just stopped running on default and started to kind of wake up inside this dream slash nightmare. You know, for yeah. most of it, it feels like a nightmare. And for some of us, it feels like a dream. And it just depends on where you're at with your perception of it. But we were we were shaken and so that we could wake up. And then in 2021, there's this awareness that we have to recreate the social fabric because the game has changed. So Saturn in Aquarius, Saturn is the social structure. It's the rules by which we govern our, our society, our community, and ourselves. It is our own boundary. Saturn, I call it the Earth ship. The planet Saturn represents what you are responsible for in your human reality on planet Earth so that you can land, so that you can have a stable life. If you don't do your Saturn well, you're out of luck. Your life's not stable at all. You're gonna be messed up, I guarantee. <laughs> It causes you a lot of struggle. You have to get Saturn, right? You have to have a strong sense of discipline and self-mastery. So Saturn is how we discipline and structure our reality, 10th house, social reality. We all, it impacts all of us. We're all part of it. And Saturn in Aquarius is this, is this, we're in this bridge period between the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius. And this is literally, literally 2021 was the start, like the new beginning of moving into a completely different age, a completely different way of, of being inside our own reality, our own personal, and also collectively. So Saturn and Aquarius through all of 2021 has been trying to figure out what the rules are for the collective Aquarius, trying to figure out how do we keep everyone safe? How do we combine forces? What do we make everybody do so that everybody is okay? And remember like Aquarius is a collective archetype. So it thinks about the whole first. It thinks about the group. It actually orients itself toward an understanding that we're all one and we're all in this together. It's, it's extraordinary when you think about that, but we've also had lots of examples of totalitarianism and of groupthink gone wrong. Like Aquarius is not perfect. Yes, yeah, the shadow. There is shadow. Aquarius we've seen a lot of this year for sure. Well, we 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 are going to I, I think the I think that what what the square to Uranus and Taurus is helping us with is it's helping us not go too far down the garden path of totalitarianism because Uranus is a is a is actually the ruler of Aquarius <laughs> interestingly enough the two rulers of Aquarius Saturn is the ruler of Aquarius um from the 10th house and Uranus is the ruler of the Aquarius in the 11th house and both of them are actually considered ruling Aquarius and they are squaring each other so the revolutionary um, ruler of Aquarius is squaring the paternal structured ruler of Aquarius so that we can find a way to come together and create a society that works for everyone, not just one way. Okay. Because the Saturnian Aquarian wants to be like Mao, you know, and, and look, China is amazing and they are an incredibly advanced civilization and they have done unbelievable things since the, since the cultural revolution. And, and lots of bad things too, right? <laughs> like, there's something to be said for social cohesion. 
government control. It's they're geniuses, and there there there's a lot of personal rights that are kind of like swept under the bus, and 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 a lot of damage that's done on a personal level. Because if you get tiny people sticking out of the collective and fighting, you you don't have room for rebellion in a system like that, right? You don't have room for dissent or for anyone having a difference of opinion. So Uranus is that revolutionary part of Aquarius that says no let's move forward we 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 have to break the system we can't just follow the rules we have to we have to evolve ahead we have to grow higher we have to grow better we have to do things smarter and so the the uranus in taurus um has been bringing in um like a feeling of wait a second my human rights matter my security my personal security, Taurus, my my personal values matter. And the square to Saturn in Aquarius is, is, is saying, let's look at the gray zone, just like you said, Anna, because a square is a catalyzing aspect. It, it inspires evolution. It does not say this one's better than this one. It says we need to find a place for both of them. Yeah. That's why it catalyzes growth. It's a catalytic, you know, aspect that makes us change. So because of the friction and that it causes. So here's the thing. Let's just piece it out by an example. So I like I have a lot of friends that felt exactly the opposite to you. OK, who felt look at those sheeple wearing their masks when the data says it means nothing and does nothing. OK, and then the other side is like, look at those irresponsible ignorant fools not wearing their masks when the data says this and this and that. And so, okay, okay. What do you do? Neither, like, is any, is, is either one of them right? So there, there has to be this place of compromise. There has to be this place of kind of an illuminated, like lifting above the conflict and seeing it from a different level. Like, do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, so, well, so that's, there, there, that's there has exactly. to be yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I had to go through, yes, you know, exactly. and it was like a, it was like, wait a minute, I have to pull myself out of this. So I ended up like posting, like I shared a post on Facebook that said, I wear my mask for me. And I shared this, you know, viewpoint. It was like, I was very much like, you know, because in my mind, it was like, this is what I should do for others. Do I know that the science is perfect? No. Do I know? Whatever. But if it, all I have to do is wear a mask, even though I get claustrophobic and I can't like anxious and all of that, like, okay, I can do that, you know? And, and so I was very upset about this, but it was just like, wait a minute. I, I don't, I need to rise above that and make a decision for me. And what is right for me? And that is the only thing that I can actually judge, right? I can't be in control of one or the other. I don't, nobody has that information. And that's what we well, forget. They all like to, they all believe they have the information and, and that's great. And, and, you know, and, and another thing to keep in mind is evolution is always going to be filled with many characters. For and sure. every one of them is important, right? You, you, the revolutionary is just as important as the dictator. Okay, we're all playing our role here and there is no right or wrong. Your perspective and my perspective are very similar, which is probably why we resonate with each other. 
because that's tribal consciousness. And that's also part of the age of Aquarius, by the way, is finding the vibrational field, finding the quote unquote group Aquarius that you resonate with so that you can join it and, and amplify its field. Right. And, it, and, 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 and no one's frequency is wrong. I'm, I'm like, I don't believe that at all. And, and, and in fact, I like came to a very similar um, decision as you, because I, I knew that I have to live inside this society and this really matters to other people and it makes them feel safe when I wear my mask. And, and I, and so I will wear it and, and I, I will happily wear it. And it's also the law where I live. It's actually the law. We will, we, you must wear your mask when you go inside. It's, legally you know and and i will follow the law and i will respect the legal expectations and quite frankly i don't mind wearing my mask especially you know with this new very virulent and and you know and what anyway contagious omicron whatever it must be and i know everyone's you know there's so many different yelling voices on both sides of that as well but i'm i'm just going to do what's right for me i'm not going to judge anyone else, as long as I take care of my own needs and be responsible for myself, that's all that matters. It really yeah. is a personal decision. And, and perhaps that is, that is lifting up, that right? And, lifting and, up and, and in your not own personal way. engaging in either one of these perspectives, but every time one of the perspectives comes my way, I graciously receive it in a non-judgmental and loving manner. If I have something to contribute, I do. If I don't, I don't. And quite frankly, I like to stay out of it. But, but I'm very interested in learning about how people feel. Like I've, I've opened my mind to be able to- I think it's important. I think it's important to have those conversations. Um, absolutely. And it's important to be curious about how someone else is feeling. You know, I think that that's, and, but being able to have those conversations, I think it must originate in curiosity in order for it to truly get anywhere. You know what That's I mean? That's the Gemini. That's the North yeah. Node in Gemini. Is we've been ignite. We've been we've been giving ourselves permission to get off the high horse of Sagittarius and come down to the same level as each other, and then engage in sharing information and from a place of open mindedness and curiosity. Yeah. And equality as well. Like if we yeah. see each other as us and them or othering, if we're othering each other, we know we're not in Gemini because Gemini does not ever other anybody. It is, it is, it is all, it is light and it is, it is loving. It's like the true, it's the true relationship archetype. Like it, it is, it is able to go lightly and connect with anybody because yeah. it is really available to lovingly witness another in, in a way that, that doesn't judge it. There's no yeah. judgment in Gemini. It's, it's a non-judgmental archetype actually. Well, it's a very, it's a very, um, I think it's just a very respectful way of, of navigating through these times. And it's something I talk about on the podcast a lot, especially the past several months. It's just something I've really been advising, not only because I see it's like the best way to handle these times is to lead with curiosity, <laughs> always you know, like just lead with curiosity, lead with curiosity. Um, you know, I, I, another great example, one of my very best friends, um, when Biden was sworn into office, you know, he's, he was a very staunch Trump reporter, a uh, Trump supporter. And, um, and thankfully he's someone in my life that we could have open and honest conversations. And we were also very cautious and respectful of one another. Um, but when that happened, I remember talking to him that day and 
we were sharing voice notes back and forth and just the way that he sounded and the it was like the fear that I could hear behind him and what he was feeling it was like it took me right back to 2016 you know when Trump won and it was again that that one more example of the fact that my reality is mine my feelings are mine how could I discount this beautiful human who I love so much I felt bad for him because I knew exactly what it felt like to be in those shoes even though you know like I didn't vote for Trump again that wasn't my decision but like there was this part of me that wanted to like take care of him in that moment you know it's like I think if we're able to step back like you're saying we're going to understand we're going to connect into the humanity versus the the need to be right and wrong so, so you I, really I you kind of brought that up because that's actually the next theme that we're heading into this and, and that and that theme is what lies beneath the opinion what lies beneath the conversation what lies beneath our the air and and what is in the deep water like what is what is the humanity beneath this conversation that we've been continuously having is this because the taurus the, scorpio <laughs> the, this is the this is the new shift that's about to come and it started already on november the 19th okay so there was on november the 19th there was an eclipse at 27 degrees of taurus and it was the first eclipse on the Taurus Scorpio line with South node in Scorpio, North node in Taurus. And so our zeitgeist is about to shift and what's coming next isn't going to feel very good. I really believe that we're about to be put into the underworld, not because we want to be, because we're, we're, we need to be punished or something, or there's something wrong with us, but because it's time for us to get really in touch with what is underneath the surface of our thoughts what is underneath the surface of our opinions and our attitudes and the conversations that we're having? Why are we so indignant? Why are we wanting to share these opinions? Why does our voice get inflamed in certain ways when we start to defend certain thinking or certain attitudes? Like what's what 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 is what is the motivation? Like what what is underneath? And like Scorpio is that archetype of um the underlying um, motivations and and the ways that we have, um, what it, it's kind of a com it's kind of a complex archetype. <laughs> Scorpio is so complex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to be said about it, and there's many different levels you can go through with Scorpio. But I think essentially what Scorpios Scorpio is about water. It's about deep, deep, deep emotion, and it's about the places inside of us that we are afraid to go because they hurt too much and those places are generally the things that we kind of shove under the rug or put away in the basement and like refuse to acknowledge and pretend they don't exist okay and so that we build our ego we build up our ego on top of pain or on top of trauma or on top of fear or on top of rejection or on top of shame or on top of jealousy or on top of violence or evil even like there's a lot of stuff in the emotional body that we may not like that is very taboo so that we're not comfortable going into those feelings right we spend a lot of time avoiding them most of the time we just pretend they're not there 
And when they do come up, we're very little, we're very few of us equipped to understand how to deal with the shadow. So sometimes when emotions come up that are really challenging, we feel like we can't handle it or we can't like, and so we want to escape. We escape through drugs or we escape through alcohol. Sometimes we really like we escape through suicide, right? There are all sorts of ways that we try to escape pain and try to yeah. create a relationship that doesn't involve it. Um, um, so, but it's really, really imperative that we do um, know that the, the next year and a half is going to be, the invitation is going to be into the pain body, not because we're, um, there's something wrong with us, okay, not because we are being punished, but because it's time for us to look the beast in the face and to really heal ourselves and to come into ourselves in a more gentle way so that we can feel safe here on this planet with each other, right? Like there's like a security or a stability that we need to find. And the only way you can come into your body, Anna, is by going through the emotions that are inside of it. Because emotions are just trapped energy. And generally they're trapped energy that comes from um, conditioning or, 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 or events, trauma events, things we've seen. And, and from an esoteric perspective, I know um, that we have much in our emotional body that we carry through from other lifetimes as well. And, you know, I, when I started having past life memories um, in my thirties, I became very, very consciously aware that I was carrying things in my astral field or in my energy body that were emotional structures that were not rooted in this lifetime. There was no trauma for me in my childhood um, that would that would be um, kind of composite to the to the feelings or the patterns that I was carrying in my psyche. And so the only way that I could understand them or reckon them was to start understanding and reckoning with the fact that our soul is on an evolving um, path and that I have access either in, I don't know how time works because we experience it in a linear fashion on this planet, but obviously these are, these are, these are, these are frequencies that I tune into either simultaneous, uh, simultaneous lifetimes or past lifetimes. I don't know, but, but they're, but they're part of me and I have to take responsibility for them. Like I'm the only one who can come into this body. So if we want to come into ourselves and into the seat of our soul and into our body and into the onto the planet and 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 it's it's really important that we do that as we move through into this next stage of evolution because technology is going to become more and more and more and more paramount to how we survive on the planet we are all going into this kind of metaverse of electrical gadgets and electricity and and, and like Gosh. information and higher frequency of you know mind if we're not in our body, we're, we're just gonna like, like we're just gonna kind of burn out. Do you know what I mean? Like it's gonna yeah. take it to our physical form. So this next year and a half is about doing that deeper work and saying, how can I come and take care of this form that I have? How can I find a way to be inside this being that I am and love myself? Because we don't have any way to survive here on this planet anymore. We've had it all taken away. Like our economy is going to change. The way we make money is going to change. Everything is going to change. And Let me I ask a question um, because it's so. First of all, you're you're kind of talking about the Scorpio, right? Which is the South Node, which is um, for folks who aren't familiar with like North Node, South Node, kind of the axis. 
So I just want to kind of clarify that for folks who are listening. Um, so what we were coming out of, we were sh- we were on the Gemini North Node Sagittarius South. Can I explain it quick? So we evolve in cyclical patterns. Okay. So we, we are constantly evolving and the, the way that we, if, if on this planet, we are all living the dream of planet earth and humanity and this, at this current point in time, the, 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 the parameters of our evolutionary dream at whatever period of time you're looking at can be defined by the nodal axis of the moon to some at the most conscious level of that dream. Okay. So the moon is how we literally personally experience reality. It is a subjective experience of reality. So we all feel our moon and we act it out as a character in this grand game of human human species now. Okay. And the moon's nodes dictate the parameters within which we are evolving our character and our collective at any one time in, at any one time on our evolutionary path. And so you can go back in history and the moon's nodes just keep turning, right? They keep turning on like these 30 year cycles or whatever, whatever it is. I think it's about 30 years or 28 years. I think it's 28 years. It goes around every 28 years. They rotate. They, they You have nodes of the moon in your birth chart that dictate the parameters of your own personal hero's journey. Okay. Your own personal storyline. But as at a collective level, like the nodes are always shifting every 18 months. So they also dictate the sort of the collective journey, the collective storyline that we're all playing out, the the lessons that we are as a collective learning at this point in history on an emotional level, emotional level, okay? So it's, it's very, very personal. Like if you can remember this past year, South Node of Sag. So the South Node is kind of the illness and the north node is the remedy. So the south node is what's what's the friction, what's the challenge, what we're kind of what we're what where the shadow lies, and the north node is the evolutionary intention for the cycle. So last year, if you remember, remember going online, and this started in 2020 actually because the nodes shifted in I think May of 2020 or something. I'm sorry, I can't remember the exact month. But I believe it was around the spring of 2020, and um, what. What I noticed, I'm sure you noticed the same thing, was on Facebook, for instance, there became like this unbelievable level of violence in people's tonality, in people, in the way people were talking to each other. I like, I link into a couple of community Facebook pages because I'm, I'm interested in my community. And for months, I mean, it was just like people were just getting attacked. Like we, yeah. we attack, attack. And then gradually as the nodes kind of continued and we continued to grow through this evolutionary impulse to shame, blame and reduce everybody and call them stupid and yell at them. Gradually, I started watching on these Facebook pages how the moderators would step in and say, listen guys, there'll be none of that behavior here. We need to listen to each other with kindness. Like the, the uh, like af- so after the summer of 2021, there was a discernible difference in yeah. the tone that people were taking, in, in the amount of patience that we had with each other's ideas. Like it's like the entire zeitgeist has shifted in 18 months from inflamed self-righteousness to moderative conversations, right? And so that's been the pattern of growth based on the nodal axis, based on the dream that we're dreaming. That's the lesson that we've been learning. So now we're moving, we're taking, we're starting a new dream. It's a new cycle. The sickness is Scorpio, the remedy is Taurus. 
Okay, the sickness is the fact that we've got a lot of pain and we've got a lot of darkness. And when we act from that pain and darkness or when that pain and darkness is being, you know, is under the surface, there's a lot of trauma and there's a lot of like, Scorpio can be very, very painful when it acts from those places unconsciously, it can really hurt yeah. others. It can be very violent. You know, the scorpion sting, right? It's extremely sensitive. There's like the, the shadow of Scorpio has to do with um, like an acute level of defensiveness based on fear that you're going to be killed. Okay. It's like, it's so primal. Like Scorpio is this, is, is this archetype at its worst that feels always on edge as always there's a threat. There's something wrong. There's something that's going to get me. And so I have to protect myself first. So that's one shadow of Scorpio. Okay. Another shadow of Scorpio would be like I was saying earlier, trying to escape the pain through indulgence or drugs or other kind of addictions, like denying that the pain exists and trying to escape it and like indulging in behaviors that are really, really dark. Um, and some of the other shadows I think are, are just basically the, the blonde Scorpio who just refuses to acknowledge what's like what's under the surface and refuses to feel anything and then just projects those feelings out on others and you know like those are all those are all some sort of qualities that might be coming up like for me like what happened at that eclipse is the, the morning of that first tour eclipse i had this dream that brought up um my karma from my my feminine line and i got to see in my dream how it has been playing out in my life. It has been underlying the decisions I've made unconsciously. I got to take responsibility for it. I went into basically a hell state for two weeks because I was so ashamed of myself. And I had so, I was, it, it brought me into the deepest pain that I've ever felt. Like truly, like I got to go to the bottom of my basement and say, oh my God, this is what I've been doing. This is how I've been acting. This is why. And it was like, I felt like I was being given a gift of being able to see my shadow so clearly. And then what do I do with that shadow? Well, what does Taurus want us to do? Taurus wants us as a remedy to that dark place that may come up in the next 18 months. Taurus is asking us to calm down, go slow, reevaluate what matters to us take care of ourselves not get not let the pain kill us because it won't like it, it, it we can work with it if we come into our body and if we like work on kind of taking care right and 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 really kind of grounding our energy and going beneath the pain finding a stability beneath the pain what is underneath it like have you always been that messed up no there's something well, I, sorry I was just um I mean I think that it's fascinating what you're saying because so much of what the Akashic records channeled through as well in regards to this year and the big themes of this year the the overarching theme according to the records was relationship and it all starts at home you know it all starts like what you're talking about with the going deep with the dealing within ourselves with the being honest but then really learning how to take care of ourselves you know it's like the it, um it goes back to the uh, 
the uh, the quote for this podcast, which was just given to me as a download in 2016, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits, you know, and in the midst of this like beginning, we're being, I think, and yeah, it's not going to be easy, but we're being given the gift of being required to go back inside, required to kind of go back down to foundation, to ground zero and rebuild, you yeah. know, and in the midst of that rebuilding, it's, yeah, it's not going to be attractive. I've already started getting hints of my own <laughs> Scorpio shadow coming through and it's like, oh, okay. But when we can get through that and when we can rise to that, what you're talking about, the Taurus, learning how to take care of ourselves in the midst of that, holy shit, how powerful will we be for our community? Will we be for those around us? You know, because being who we are and we won't even necessarily need to try to affect those around us simply by becoming a more whole version more embodied version that's going to naturally you know what i mean like radiate out to everyone that we come into contact with um so i love what you're sharing because i think that this is just i mean especially in regards to what the records were really showing me it just aligns so beautifully with what the major theme of this year is. Um, I want to be sensitive to time because I know you don't have as much and we've got a couple of other things yeah. to like touch on. Yeah, for sure. So, so this, I mean, like just, so for Taurus, the Scorpio Taurus axis, the eclipses are happening in April, on April 30th and May 16th, October 25th and November 8th. And so there are four eclipses this year, which will be really defining and which will kind of be game changers for us collectively. Um, I think the best thing to do if the mud starts getting slung around and if things start getting scary is just to come back into your, your central neutral ground, right? Like to come back into your body and just remember that safety comes from within, that you can feel secure inside yourself if you anchor into your value system what matters to you and go into something real and tangible, right? Like just take care of yourself in a very real, tangible way, go slow, take it easy and, and, and try and stay out of the insanity. It's try and stay out of like too much of other people's trauma, right? Like just- <laughs> We've been talking about that so much on this podcast yourself. for the last couple of months. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, this is this is how you're going to survive <laughs> is exactly what you're saying totally when things get tough and it's, um, it's like it's really really healthy for the shadow to come up like if we don't see it we can't be beyond it so and the shadow is often just places where our natural power has been subjugated or traumatized so yeah. it's it's like we need to release the energy in order to like become more powerful, authentically powerful in order for our soul to come in and really be here. Because Scorpio at its esoteric essence is the battle between the personality and the soul. That's where Scorpio lives. It, it lives in the intersection point between that higher self and that lower self. And, yeah. and where, where that intersection point is, is where there is a lot of pain because the lower self doesn't want to let go to the higher self. It wants to hold on. And so there's like a friction that's created. It's, it's a, there's a conflict always in Scorpio around 
going deeper, going deeper, going deeper, going deeper, going deeper into more and more and more authenticity. So just remember to ride your authenticity instead of riding the trauma, that might be helpful. And some of the other things that are happening that will help. Jupiter, at least at the beginning of the year, there's an interesting invitation. Jupiter is entering Pisces, okay? So this is a really defining transit this year. It's not gonna be the whole year. Jupiter enters Pisces on December 30th. And it's going to be um, there until um, until about May, May the 12th. And then it goes into Aries and it will be in Aries all the way till the end of October. Then it kind of creeps back into Pisces for like literally just two months and then it's gone into Aries. So we, we get about six months of Jupiter in Pisces, okay? Until around the middle of May or the early, early May. So it's five months, we get five months of Jupiter and Pisces. And what that means, wherever Jupiter sits in, in the sky, it amplifies the archetype. So Jupiter in the sign of um, Pisces is going to amplify Piscean complex. And, you know, Pisces, we're coming out of the era of Pisces, which is all around higher, the, the hierarchy of consciousness. It's all about God, thou father who art in heaven, right? It's all about that looking up and looking out to the greater expanse of the unified field of love and light and forgiveness and higher self and God and all of this stuff is very Piscean. It's very like up and out energy. Um, it's also about forgiveness, right? We think about the Christ and the Christ consciousness as being very Piscean. It's about unconditional love for all. It's about spiritual unity. It's about beauty and, 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 and like a feeling of complete compassionate forgiveness and love for everyone. So there are some really lovely parts of Pisces that will be amplified um, by Jupiter in for the first five months of the year. So if we can tune into that energy at a higher level, um, it should be really lovely, especially when Jupiter joins Neptune, which has been in Pisces for a few years, I think since 2008, I, don't quote me, please. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know the exact year that um, Neptune went into Pisces. It might have been 2010, but I can't remember. Anyway, on um, April the 19th through the 12th, there will be a conjunction between the two at 23 degrees of Pisces. And so probably through the whole month of April into early May, there's going to be this um, kind of frequency affiliation between the two. So there will be an extra amplification of the Piscean field available on the planet. And at a lower level, if you're operating within a lower operating system, that can lead to a lot of delusion and illusion. It could lead to like, sort of like the energy of the Crusades, right? Like that sort of zealotry, like this is the way and this is the one and we have to all, you know, very religious, very kind of, archetypally uh, polarized spirituality that seems a little delusional, if that makes sense to you, right? Like sort of the prophet, Lord, he's the only one. Like there's, there's, there's some sort of murky stuff, like our personalities like to get a hold of things and then they like to make big deals out of them. But at a higher level, Pisces is literally about connecting to God. So for those of us who wanna do our spiritual work at that time, there's a gate that's available in April, a spiritual gate. 
It's a really beautiful time for contemplation and connection to your own source and meditation. Just make sure you're not falling, making it personal. Just don't fall into your navel, into your belly button, into your lower chakras and make it all about you. Don't like rise up and say you're the next second coming of Christ, right? Like there's just like, keep it real, keep it clean, keep it pure, like amplify your own energy field by tuning up and tuning into the light that don't give it a personality and make it all about yourself, right? Like that's, that's the danger during that time. Does that make sense to you? For sure. That's sort of yeah. a danger because Pisces can be like really delusional sometimes. Well, when I think too, like mixed with Neptune, it can like, whoo, man, murky waters, you know, like I always get like, yeah, totally. Really spacey when when Neptune's really, you know, my Neptune's in Sag, so yeah, yeah. Seeing <laughs> the water, seeing the water. Spirit. April is a time for spiritual work. Okay, April is a time for spiritual work. It's a time to clean the water. It's going to be a really, really, really beautiful time. But remember, April April thirtieth is the first partial solar eclipse in Taurus. So you I know, feel like too, and and I. I'd love to kind of get your take on this, but I feel like this could really, I mean, like the Jupiter in Pisces and I mean, you know, kind of this theme, especially starting off our year, it feels like it, I don't know. It's like, it's a, it feels like a very, like a moment for art to come back. For, you know what I mean? It's like, like I've been seeing like more and more poetry, like people sharing poetry over the last like two months. I should maybe a bit longer, but it's just like, it's like this like reawakening of like, not the Renaissance era type thing, but like, you know, it's like the arts are kind of like there. I feel like this, there's a space for creativity that we haven't had in a while that's going to be coming back very strongly and i like i said it within the poetry within art you know however it is people want to really dive into their artistic selves um but i feel that yeah there's a there's a lot of energy coming in for that to be given more attention where we haven't done that in a while you know it's like Totally. <laughs> yes. That's wonderful. And then Saturn moves into Pisces in 2023. So beautiful. And in April, May, and June of 2021, Jupiter did cross into Pisces. So this yes. summer was a bit of a precursor to the energy. Yeah. Um, and it was a lovely summer. Like there was yeah. just such an elevated state. I did so much meditation this summer. Like it was insane. Like, oh my God, like I, 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 I can't believe like the energy that was coming in. It was just so beautiful. And I felt so peaceful and, and so good with Jupiter and Pisces. It's going to be lovely if you can ride it. And absolutely Pisces is artistic. It's creative. It's expressive, right? It flows. Um, yeah. It allows its sweetness, its kindness, its beauty, its love. Here, it's love, really. Here in the US, yeah. it was like literally when Jupiter moved into Pisces. I think it was like the first day was when they lifted the mask mandate. Oh, see? Here in the US. Yes, it, right? was like, it was like a little freedom <laughs> for a minute. Exactly. Exactly. So, so let's look forward to that because that's going to yes. be a really beautiful thing. And then the only other thing I wanted to talk about, I mean, is, is the Mars entering Gemini. And this one's really interesting because um, Mars is entering Gemini and it's staying there for seven months because it goes retrograde. It doesn't go retrograde very often. And it's staying- How often does it go retrograde? 
Oh gosh, how often does Mars go retrograde? I don't know, like every couple of years? I'm not exactly sure. Pisces is like, or not Pisces, Venus is like every year and a half, but I haven't, Mars is. I have it written down somewhere. That's a long time to be in Gemini. It is going to be a long time for it to be in Gemini, particularly because it's going to be out of bounds for a huge amount of it. So it's going to be kind of like Mars on steroids. Like it goes out of bounds um, a lot, basically. I wrote down when it's, oh shit, I don't know. I, my notes got a little wonky. So let me go into my ephemeris and just see when Mars is out of bounds. Um, it goes into, Mars goes into Gemini kind of in August. Okay, so on August 21st. And it will be out of bounds in um, from about like from kind of about the last week, about the 23rd of October, all the way through November, all the way through December, all the way through January, all the way through February, all the way through March, and all the way through April. Okay, so let me just explain an out of what out of bounds means because that's a lot of out of bounds. Like it's out of bounds the entire time. Out of bounds planets in the chart don't follow the rules of the normal zeitgeist. They don't follow the same pattern. They go outside of the pattern. So they're great times of evolutionary opportunity because new things are coming in, right? We already have um, new things coming in right now um with the uranus and taurus squaring saturn and aquarius because we're really redefining our value system and we're bringing in new archetypes onto the planet that have to do with how we're going to create social order and, and and society into the future so the mars and gemini is going to bring in a whole new way of kind of doing and and willing ourselves um into the world mars is um mars is a is a sword Mars energy is how you cut through the reality. So it's how we extend ourselves. It's our will force. And like willing how what we do, it's it's I mean it's 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 also the god of war. So Is it happy it, with Gemini? Uh is Mars happy with Gemini? What an interesting question. It's not very happy in Cancer. Right. It's not very happy in Libra. In Gemini, yeah, I, I would say it's not unhappy. <laughs> it's not unhappy in Gemini. It's it's more like in Gemini, it wants to like do a lot of different yeah. things. It wants to learn a lot of different things and it wants to have like many, many, many different conversations. It well, wants I feel to like Mars is like the doing and then Gemini is like the thinking. Yeah. So that's like super active time. Yeah, super active thinking, super active relationships, super active conversations, information, learning, like talk about information technology. Wow, I was there, right? just thinking like, like technology is going to blow the f up. <laughs> it might. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really interested to watch what it does wow. and what it means and what it feels like to have Mars and Gemini out of bounds. But I can imagine that we are all going to want to be engaging in a lot of conversations about many, many different things. Talk about the Renaissance, like this feeling you have about the Renaissance, like a, like a re, like a refer, like a reclamation of that energy because the Renaissance was all about excitement and new ideas. That's what the Renaissance was about. It was, there was science, there was art, there was 
hermeticism came back during the Renaissance. There was astrology came back during the Renaissance. It was just this time of enlightenment. So maybe that is going to be what this feels like, right? Hmm. And this it, starts it, in August? Um, yeah, so it, that Mars goes into Gemini um, a little bit earlier than August. It goes into Gemini in August, sorry, in August. In August, it goes into Gemini on August 21st. It goes out of bounds on the 23rd of October, though. Okay. So it will be in Gemini for August and September and three quarters of October before it goes out of bounds. Ooh. And then around the 23rd, 24th, 25th, somewhere in there, like somewhere around Halloween. Let's just remember Halloween. Halloween, Mars goes out of bounds in Gemini. I, I'm. It's going to be so much fun. I am really excited about that you know i like slightly concerned like the martian quality of like mars can be a little pushy right like it can be a little violent <laughs> yeah. sometimes and a little aggressive however what's fascinating about it is the out of bounds part yeah. because i know how out of bounds planets play in my chart because i have out of bounds planets in my chart and it's they're real mavericks like there is no rule that governs them you don't even recognize like they don't act at all the same Right, mm -hmm. the planets I have that are out of bounds—they're totally different. It's you just couldn't... so fascinating to think about, even just Mars and Gemini and what that can bring forward, you know. But like, out of bounds is like a out whole of bounds new is like spin on what it. is what is new? Like, what is it going to be bringing in that is completely unexpected and totally groundbreaking, rule-breaking, mold-breaking, out there ideas? And, and the way that we express them and the way we, you know, pour ourselves into them or the way we pour ourselves into each other. Like, it's going to be really cool. I don't know. It's going to be a great time maybe for we, a podcast. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, maybe we need to have you back just to, like, talk about that because I'm going to be really curious. Because I know, I mean, at least for me, and I know that you're the same way because you're so tapped in, you start feeling this energy, like, before it gets here. Um, so yeah, I think it's fascinating too, because I don't think that I've heard anyone talk about the Mars Gemini in relation to 2022 yet. So I'm really, oh. I'm going to have to dive into this after, after this discussion. Um, so I want to respect your time and I have a couple of questions that I just kind of want to, to ask you sure, to make yeah. sure that we get in here. Um, so first of all, um, I, I kind of wanted to ask you, and, and this might be too big of a question, but I wanted to throw it out there. Um, are there like, well, I guess let me start with, if you were to tap into maybe an overarching theme for 2022, what would you, what would you say? <laughs> Feeling safe with the shadow. Learning how to feel safe with the shadow, learning how to feel safe inside ourselves, safety. Yeah. self-care and safety. I, I really do. I really do believe I that. I believe that emotions are going to be enormous first. topics this year. Yeah. Like doing, do your work. Like it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's, it's the darkness is not a scary place. You, you can find security within it. That's what's going to be the overarching theme and a continuation of this square between Uranus and, and Saturn. So the other overarching theme is a continuation of this theme that we've already been seeing, which is like kind of like this crazy, like no one knows what's going on. Rules, they show up one minute, they're gone the next, right? We're all like kind of like, like 
kind of like in this mode of trying to figure out how to manage something that is unexpected, that is threatening our survival and right, Uranus and Taurus. And, and, and we're trying to figure out how to put structure and form around it so that we can contain it, Saturn, so that we can all have a collective civilization that works cohesively, but we keep having these like eruptions and rebellions and revolutions and we keep having people say no and we keep having changes, right? Like we keep, everything changes. Like, oh, oh my God, now COVID has changed. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Like it's, you know, there's just, there's gonna be a continuation of that chaos. The chaos isn't going to stop for a while, but now we get to look at what is underneath. What is what are under like, what is underneath the surface? Okay, of all these, like maybe we're getting a little just a little bit tired of COVID by this point. Maybe like we're just a little exhausted. Yes, <laughs> I think so, we all are exhausted. Right? So like maybe our opinions are going to take a back seat, and we're going to start to feel our feelings, and we're going to start to feel. Yeah the exhaustion and feel what the impact of this has been on us and learn how to kind of take care of ourselves and re-anchor into what really matters for us because those values are how we are going to survive. Like what, what Taurus is about survival. It's about values. What you care about, that is how, that is what you, that is what matters to you. That is how you survive. Like you'll, you'll like your, your deepest values, you'll, you'll notice. What do you value in life? look around you and you're going to see it reflected back to you because that's how you're creating your security what you value in life that's how you create your security okay that's you'll, you'll see it reflected around so what are our deepest values and how do we live by them and how do we work through the pain or the fear or the trauma that is keeping us from feeling safe in our bodies yeah it feels like it's going to be a total a stripping of well, I mean, I think that what is, I think that it's going to be, at least intuitively, it feels like the exhaustion is going to be the impetus for the introduction, for the acceptance, for the awareness of the emotional self that's then going to bring us into those deeper levels of what we need to recognize that we've been moving way too fast to recognize for for forever, right? That yeah. COVID came in to be like, boom. You know, 2020 was like, no more. We are stopping. <laughs> we are blowing the shit up. Things are redirecting now. And so it's that total awakening is very much what it feels like, which is, yeah. Uh, the embodiment, the embodiment part. Yeah, yeah, like embodiment. Huge. Right? And, so, and, so, yeah, it's, and it's and it's a fix, there are fixed signs. So it is about values and it is about stopping and it is about going slow. And it's not about air and fire anymore. Like it is about going well, down. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you can't really do emotional work at a fast speed. You can't do that. And I think that honestly, it's the, it's the exhaustion that's going to help us. You know what I mean? Because like if we were just going at our normal pace, we wouldn't take the time. No, of course Truthfully. not. We keep active. We're too busy. You guys are also in America going through a Pluto return, and I believe that's starting. But I, I don't know a lot about it because I'm not American. Um, but I know that um, 
astrology hub did a really nice panel, a Pluto panel, like a Pluto return panel. And if anyone wants is interested in understanding what the Pluto return might be, there were some really exceptional astrologers doing a talk. And I, I bet you can buy it on the astrology hub website if anyone wants to go and find that. Some of the top astrologers in America got together and like four of them and just kind of hashed it out. And yeah. I, you know, I learned some interesting things um, there, but that's gonna be pretty significant for your country and your government and, and your civilization as well. So I think things will be even more intense in America actually. So are there any parts of like, you know, our personal charts that we should be paying extra attention to coming yeah, into this sure. year. Absolutely. You should pay attention to where there is Scorpio and Taurus. And if you have any fixed signs in your chart, I mean, you are you are really having to make some big adjustments, right? In your life right now. And the fixed signs are Scorpio, Leo. Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. So anything in the fixed signs. And this because, is like natal chart, you mean, right? Natal chart, yeah. yeah. If you have planets in the fixed signs, if you have planets that are going to be impacted by um, Saturn and and uh, Uranus, right? I've, Saturn is going to be... Oh gosh, I wrote all of this down as well. I have so much Scorpio in my chart. Yeah, well, then this is a really, really important year <laughs> for you. But you know, I've not been doing anything for the past two years. Ha. Huh. Uh, well, well, anyway, I know it's 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 not challenging for the fixed signs this year. I mean, I think that the mutables will get a bit of a break because of the Jupiter and Neptune. We're gonna have a little bit more fun, <laughs> the mutables. But um, this, yeah, the fixed signs, man, you're you're getting hit, you're getting pummeled. Um, I'm so sorry. I wrote down all of the, um, like the ranges of, of, but I can't find it now. And my notes are just kind of creating heart disharmony for me. So, um, no just, worries. yeah, my sincere apologies. Um, in any case, I, I think that, you know, look in your chart to the places where the fixed signs lie and, and think about, oh, where the eclipse are happening. The eclipses are all happening in Taurus Scorpio. So, um, what house of your chart holds Taurus and Scorpio. And then imagine what the themes are going to be for, for transformation or change this year for you versus like, you know, based on the eclipses and based on the nodes. Okay, so I have like, I don't know, I have Taurus in my 12th house and I have Scorpio in my sixth house. Ooh. So my, my themes will be, well, and also Taurus in my 11th and Scorpio in my mm. fifth. So. There's some overlap. There's some overlap, and there's a little bit of a perhaps a personal work, self-deprecation theme, woundedness, sixth house, um, self like wounding self, fifth house, Scorpio, to kind of feeling safe in society, feeling safe in the universe, Taurus, eleventh, twelfth house, right? So that's kind of maybe how you can slightly interpret it. You want to look at the south node where it's transiting and you want to say, well, this is where shadow is going to come up for me in this part of my life. Like if it's the 10th house, it might come up in your career or it might come up in, in terms of your social standing or the way you take responsibility for yourself in the world. There might be patterns of karma that come up for you in that area of your life. And then the remedy so is the Scorpio the house will be the where the shadows are coming up. And then, and then the, the Taurus house, house is the remedy the area. So it's where, it's where you are like wanting to stretch into a sense of peace and groundedness and safety, right? So if like, if, if my fifth house is afflicted with Scorpio, then I, I'm going to feel like, um, 
like an affront to my personal vitality, my personal self-expression, my personal ego. And the way that I would perhaps remedy that might be to stretch into community more and be seen and to put myself out there, like to overcome the, 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 the dark feelings inside myself about myself and maybe just to kind of go out and try and, you know, feel safe and grounded in with people that love me or do you know, does that make sense or, or make it about others and not about myself, get out of my own myopia of self and like try to give back to my community something of value, you know, Taurus in the 11th house and something grounded and strong and real and tangible. And so these would be ways that I might work with them. I'm just giving you a personal example so you guys can kind of think through how you might equate the words to your own nodal axis. And if anyone is interested in a reading, you know, come and have a reading if that's something that's curious. That Sarah's awesome. Curiosity, but <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. You can go do it with yourself. Yes, highly recommend booking a session with Sarah. I think, yeah, it's been two years since you read my chart and I still gain so much value when I go back and listen to that, which oh, really? I think the last time that I did was like two months ago. Wow, yeah, I, you know, I mean, all the best so readings value. ever I do the same thing. I, I, I they, like the words from them, from like the, the people I've really had amazing readings from, they reverberate inside my mind to this day. I agree with you, it's really yeah. special. That's how we help each other. That's how we serve each other. That's why we're here. We're here to be of service to each other, right? There's only really one of us here after all. Yes. I, I think that that's such an important last thing to remember through this next cycle as well is that like there really is only one of us here. Like you're not alone and we're all in this together. And though it might feel sometimes scary and dark and overwhelming, like, just like you said back at the beginning, like we, we want each one of us to be able to show up in our own authenticity and to feel safe presenting into the collective their self, no matter what that self is. If your self is all nasty and broken, that's okay. Like if your self is all proud and strong and beautiful, that's okay. But just authenticity is such an important theme of this year. I just want to really hammer that there is no shame in feeling there is no shame in being broken and crying your eyes out that is part of a process that is so important so please don't don't go too far you know don't make a mistake just like reach out okay i love that yeah thank you so so much for coming back on the podcast miss sarah and sharing your wisdom and um <laughs> real life real life <laughs> um but no thank you so much and folks i'm curious to hear what you have to say about this i'm curious to hear where you think this is going to be elevating your life perhaps things where you should be cautious of or whatever the case may be so make sure that i don't know just to hit me up let me know um, thank you so much for being here and we will see you next week. Oh, don't forget when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. Yay. <laughs> Thanks,